Proverbs 19, all kinds of things going on in Proverbs 19. By the time we finish Proverbs, we're going to be filled with God's wisdom. Now, if we can just handle it and apply it, put it into practice, and keep it in practice, we'll be good, be in good shape. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness, your mercy. And Lord, you have been so good to us, so faithful to us. And I thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would be with us tonight. The Holy Spirit, we welcome you to speak to our hearts, to teach us through the Word of God, to bring to light things that would help us and instruct us and help us to walk in your ways. We hunger for your wisdom, O Lord. As we study this chapter in Proverbs 29, Lord, we just pray that you would speak to us and help us to be able to put it into practice. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for your help, Lord. Amen. All right, and we're jumping around uh, all kinds of subjects in Proverbs 19, but just like what we've been doing for about the last five or six, seven weeks, we're trying to find something in there that's repeated more than once or one subject or something uh, that we can go with. And as I was reading through it, I, several things jumped out at me, but I kind of just decided to talk about receiving correction, just the area and, and it goes several different areas, obviously. There's, there's some different direction here, but uh, primarily what we want to do is we want to read the whole chapter, uh, the whole chapter 19, and then we're going to come back and look at several, I think, issues that the Lord wants us to look at. Let's look at it. Proverbs 19. Better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and a fool. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste, make mistakes. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they're angry at the Lord. How many of you have ever had people like that? They mess their own life up, make terrible choices, their world falls apart, and then they're mad at God. Wealth makes many friends. Poverty drives them all away. So they weren't much friends. A false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. Many seek favors from a ruler. Everyone is the friend of a person who gives gifts. Relatives of the poor despise them. How much more will their friends avoid them? Though the poor plead with them, their friends are gone. Again, these are not very much friends. To acquire wisdom is to love yourself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. I love that. A false witness will not go unpunished, and a liar will be destroyed. It isn't right for a fool to live in luxury or for a slave to rule over princes. Sensible people control their temper, and they earn respect by overlooking wrongs. That's one of the verses we're going to come back and look at. A lot of power there. The king's anger is like a lion's roar, but his favor is like dew on the grass. A foolish child is a calamity to a father and a quarrelsome wife. (laughs) 
is as annoying as a constant dripping. And now on the good side, I didn't hear a single man say an amen. So you're smart, man. I just want to tell you, you're smart. Fathers can give their sons an inheritance of houses and wealth, but only the Lord can give an understanding why. Come on, man. Amen. This is where we make points, where we say, amen, praise God. You don't want to be an old drippy wife. (laughs) We want a gift from the Lord, praise God. Lazy people sleep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. Keep the commandments and keep your life. Despising them leads to death. If you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Discipline your children while there's hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. We're going to come back and talk to that, talk about that one too. Hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. And if you rescue them once, you'll have to do it over again. In a minute, I'm going to ask you why. Get all the advice and instruction you can so you'll be wise the rest of your life. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Loyalty makes a person attractive. It's better to be poor than dishonest. Fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Mm. lazy people take food in their hand but don't even lift it to their mouth in other words the idea is the food's being passed around the table and they're so lazy they won't reach down and grab it and put it in their mouth that's lazy if you punish a mocker the simple-minded will learn a lesson You correct the wise, they will all be the wiser. Children who treat their father, mistreat their father, or chase away their mother are an embarrassment and a public disgrace. If you stop listening to instruction, my child, you will turn your back on knowledge. A corrupt witness makes a mockery of justice. The mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Punishment is made for mockers, and the backs of fools are made to be beaten. Wow. A lot of interesting verses there. But I want to talk to you about several issues. The first one is in verse 11. And we want to talk about verse 11. And and really, the... New Living here uses the word sensible people. Look at the New King James, what it says. It says, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. I don't know if you've ever been in situations in your life where if you respond incorrectly, You can get in a world of trouble in a hurry. You can get yourself in a situation where you can get offended. You can get hot-headed. You can say, you disrespected me. I don't like that. And you can start throwing out words. But I want to tell you, 
you can also have discretion or be sensible and overlook that. And it will help you, give you peace. And sometimes we've got to learn to have discretion. And, and it leads to the whole idea that, number one, we don't always have to be right. It doesn't have to go our way. And we can overlook things. If you're married, <laughs> don't you constantly have to overlook things? Isn't that just a part of life? You overlook hurts. You overlook little things that happen. And when you make a big deal over little things, arguments come up. You start getting sharp with one another. They, you say something bad. They say something bad back to you. You're all of a sudden, you're back and forth, back and forth. And here the wisdom is, is God is trying to speak to you to overlook that. Let that thing go. And that is part of being able to receive correction from the Lord. How many of you have ever been in an argument with somebody? Okay, Let me, let's narrow it down. How many of you have been in an argument with your wife or your husband? Let me see. Let me see your hands. Okay. Now, just honest, could that argument have been avoided? Even if you're right and they're wrong, you can still overlook that. Right? You can overlook that thing. Just think about it. The discretion, I'm going to read the New King James. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. And it's his glory to overlook a transgression. The new living again. It isn't right for a fool. No, that's not 1911. What is 1911? Yeah. I've got something else in my notes here. <laughs> Sensible people control their temper they earn respect by overlooking wrongs. So again, the whole idea is that this is how God tries to correct us. And you're in a situation, and it could easily go badly. It could turn into an argument. And I know I've been there. Many times you've been there. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and he'll say, overlook it. Let it go. Don't go there. Or he might just be really simple and say, shut up. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. Don't say. And we want to say something. Why? Because we want to be right. Or sometimes we just want to have the last word. Maybe we just want to look good and make them look bad. But. God is trying to bring a word of correction to us. And he's saying, overlook that. Just let it go. And so there's great, great, great wisdom. As we learn to receive correction from the Lord. And I, 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 don't, I don't even want to guess how many people have gotten in arguments and gotten killed. All out you know, gun battle, just because they wouldn't leave something alone. 
They just wouldn't let it go. And they keep pushing it, keep pushing it, keep pushing it. Until finally, you know, you corner somebody, you push them far enough, and now they start pushing back. And all of a sudden now, you know, used to, they'd have a fight with their hands. Today, they don't do that. They pull out their gun and shoot you. So if there was ever a truth here, Learn to overlook. Learn to let it go. And that is a form of God's correction. He's trying to spare us and give us discretion. You know, the, I know uh, the old King James, uh, New King James uses the word discretion. That's not a word that's used a whole lot. I understand that. But the word discretion, when you look at the meaning of it, it's the ability and the wisdom to respond correctly to circumstances. Whatever the circumstance is, if you've got discretion, you learn how the best way to respond to that situation. And guess what? If you learn to respond correctly to situations, then over time that builds up and you get wisdom and understanding and that discretion grows. And another good word for that is just good old common sense. You learn how to deal with situations correctly and it, you become sensible or you have good common sense because, again, a lot of times it's just overlooking things. Things do not have to go our way. Isn't that right? Smile at me. They don't have to go your way. All right. Second thing. <laughs> Let me keep going on this overlooking. Um, I'm going to tell my wife. So we were talking about this question of uh, got to overlook things. Let things go. And so we were talking about that, and my wife said, you know, I, I just, there's just somebody they're just, I'm still mad at them because they won't let that situation go. I said, did you just hear yourself? I said, you just did what you accused them of doing. She thought about it a minute and started laughing. She said, yeah, you're right, I did. You know, we're, we're not, we're mad at somebody else for not letting something go. And we're doing the exact same thing. So it's better just to let it go. <laughs> You're not mad at me for bringing that up. You're, you know, it's a good thing to overlook things. <laughs> Second thing, how do we discipline with anger? Look at verse 18. And again, I'm going to read the New King James first. It says, chasten your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. That's pretty clear there. And then the new living, uh, what verse is it? It's verse 18. It says, discipline your children while there is hope, otherwise you will ruin their lives. And I, that's why one reason I like the new King James here is because what it's saying is that you, you don't want to bring destruction. If you're going to correct, especially your children, 
you can't come down so hard that you're going to alienate them, harden their heart. Uh, there's a couple of verses in the New Testament. One is Ephesians 6, 4 that deals with this. It says, and 6, 4 of Ephesians says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. You see, you have to discern between punishment and, and discipline. Punishment is when you're mad and you want to make them pay for what they've done. God does not call us to give out punishment. He calls us to discipline. Discipline is motivated out of love. Punishment is motivated out of anger. So you have to discipline your children. But if you don't watch it, it crosses over and you get angry at them. And then you want to make them pay. You want to hurt them. You want to uh, kind of make them pay for their rebellion. And you always have to keep in mind, I want them to learn. Discipline comes from the word disciple, and you want them to learn. You want them to be a disciple. A disciple is someone who learns. And so as you're disciplining your child, you're teaching your child a certain principle or a certain way to do or the bad result of this now discipline can sting it can be the rod but it, discipline can be a lot of different ways discipline is not necessarily spanking it can be but it that's one of many ways of discipline but the primary thing that you have to remember and that is you don't want to provoke your children the word in colossians 3 elaborates a little bit more of this in colossians 3 verse 20 through 21 it says this, it says, children, always obey your parent, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not, and it uses the word, aggravate your children, for they will be discouraged. See, the truth of it is, your children need about five or ten times more encouragement than they need correction. It's just what they need. They're growing up, they're learning, that they got all sorts of crazy things going on in their head. They're trying to handle the physical changes in their body and the, the chemicals and the hormones and everything are shooting ever which way as they're growing up. And they're, they're learning a lot of things. And it's just a truth that they need a whole lot more encouragement than they need discipline. So you, you have to, in a sense, overlook a lot of things but you also have to learn when to be firm and when when not to be too firm and and you know believe me we weren't the perfect parents and I probably there are no perfect parents in here and if 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 you're here tonight and you're mad at your parents because they spanked you too hard or they were too hard on you I just want to tell you forgive your parents they were doing the best they could and sometimes they were just surviving. You know, sometimes you're just happy that you keep your kids alive and close on them. <laughs> you know, you're, you, you've got small goals. Just, I want them to stay alive today, and I would like them to have clothes on and pretty clean. So, you know, you just want to get through that. So, you know, I have grace and mercy. Uh, you just need lots of grace and mercy towards your kids. And just understand you can push too hard. And that's, I think that's the meaning there in Colossians. Discipline your children. 
Instruct your children, but at the same time, don't aggravate your children. And I guess that would just be just you keep on and you keep on and you keep on uh, because you think somehow if you keep on them, that's somehow going to make them right. But what happens is that it actually ends up being worse. You've got to back up, and and I will say this for my dad. My dad was real, real strong disciplinarian. But I want to tell you one thing I do remember about my dad, even though he beat the tar out of me sometimes. Uh, but I want to tell you, he always would come back, put his arms around me, and remind me of how much he loved me. And sometimes he would say, I'm sorry I went overboard. You know, sometimes, you know, I lose my temper you know forgive me for that Uh, and sometimes he would he'd lose his temper but at the same time I was convinced that he loved me and so parents you have to make sure your children know you love them then they can handle that discipline they can handle that and even if you go overboard even if you uh, respond in anger when you shouldn't uh, you just you got to learn to balance the firmness you know, and love, because you've got to have both. And then you have to have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. How many of you had parents who were pretty hard on you? How many of your parents let you get away with murder? <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Well, I, we're in the far majority that we had some pretty tough parents. Well, I just want to say you're blessed. You're blessed. If you had parents that were pretty hard on you, I want to say I'd much rather have parents that were hard on me, that loved me enough to discipline me, rather than just let me go and do whatever they wanted to do. Third thing, I, I, this is, comes from verse 19. Uh, let's read verse 19 first. Uh, it says, hot-tempered people must pay the penalty, and if you rescue them once, you're going to have to do it again. So tell me, why does it say, that you're going to have to rescue them again. Anybody? What do you think, Penny? Don't have any understanding, okay? Penny, what do you think? we got two pennies here tonight. So you rescued them before they learned the lesson, okay? I, I can handle that. Anybody else? Why do you have to rescue a hot-tempered person um, again? Why is it going to happen again? Way up there. What's that? (laughs) In their DNA, huh? (laughs) Yes, what do you think? I, I I think if you, if you, if you have a fear of the Lord, and you have a relationship with the Lord, you won't be this hot-tempered person. I think he's exactly right. I think that when, when we have a right relationship with the Lord, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, when, when you love the Lord, you want him to discipline you. Am, am I not right? That's, that's my heart, I, and I believe that's your heart. If you love God and you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you should have the heart to say, Lord, show me 
if there's any wicked way in me, teach my heart, Lord. And if I'm doing the wrong thing, teach me, Lord. And when you're a, a person that described here, you're describing a person who is far away from God. In fact, they don't know the Lord. And the Bible continually in Proverbs refers to them as a mocker or a scorner. And a person basically who has rejected God. And, and, and even if you go and look at it a little more carefully, because you, sometimes you, know, you can go through the entire study of a scorner and a mocker. It's an individual who has allowed their heart to become hardened to the Lord. So add to what he said. Not only do they not know the Lord, but they've hardened their hearts toward God. And when that is the case, they're a hot-tempered guy or woman. They fly off the handle at anything else. What is the... Do we have the New King James in that uh, in that nineteen nineteen? It says, "A man of great wrath, kind of similar, will suffer punishment. For if you rescue him, you'll have to do it again." Another passage that kind of similar to this: if you punish a mocker, and, and again, it, that that's another term for that hot-tempered person. They don't know the Lord. They've rejected God. Their heart is hardened. But verse 25 says, if you punish a mocker, the simple-minded will learn a lesson. You correct the wise, they'll be all the wiser. You know, and I'll say this. If you have several children, if you let one of your children get away with things, you're going to have a hard time disciplining the others. You know what I mean, what I just said that? Because your children can learn from you disciplining others. Now, I happen to have a black sheep brother in my life. And he, he left the home when he failed the ninth grade. And... I won't describe to you what happened, but it was not a pleasant sight. But basically, he thought he was bigger than my daddy, and he was going to beat my daddy up. That didn't happen. (laughs) It went the other way, and uh, he left, and he never came back. I haven't seen my brother in 30, 35 years, I guess. Long time. Hardened his heart. Hardened his heart against God. Hardened his heart against my parents. And I'll say this, though. He, he was determined he was going to smoke. He was going to drink. He was going to run around. And my daddy said, you're not going to do that. There are four, four other of us kids. And he said, you're not going to do that. And he backed it up. And I want to tell you, all of us other four kids, we don't drink. We don't smoke. We don't get, and I never even got near, I mean, any of that. And I can tell you, 
when somebody would say, hey, you want to smoke this? You want to, when I was in high school, even in college, I had visions of my daddy and my older brother. <laughs> I had flashbacks. And I said, oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> it was just, why? It's exactly what it says here. If you punish a mocker, the simple-minded, it doesn't take much. But even the simple will learn a lesson from that. And if you punish a wise person, they'll get even wiser. And so sometimes you've got to decide not to be one of those mockers, one of those hot-tempered people. And, and I believe the hot-tempered person, the mocker, the scorner, is someone who does not know God, who has rejected God, who has hardened their heart against God. And I, I just want to tell you, you are a wise person if you will avoid them. Because they will do nothing but get you into trouble. Number four, what is the key to being able to receive correction? We're going to read verse 27, but before we read 27, I'd like to just ask you, what do you think the key is? Because actually, the Bible doesn't just talk about receiving corrections in Proverbs 19. In reality, it's almost all through Old Testament, New Testament, almost every chapter in the book of Proverbs. It's a constant theme that we have to be able to receive correction with a good heart. And if you can, you'll prosper. You'll do well. If you can't, you'll have a world of trouble. So, tell me what you think. What do you think is the key? And there's not one key, obviously, but there are several. Yes. Respect for authority. Okay, I, I receive that. I, I think that's correct. Looking beyond the pain of the moment of the correction and seeing the good. I agree with that, yes. Want it, and there comes that relationship with the Lord, a desire, Penny. A humble heart, interesting, yeah. Carla? Trust, in what way? Okay, yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Yes. Uh, and that's the hard part. We always want to be right. <laughs> but if we can accept that we're not always right, and our way is not always the best way, then we can receive that correction. Yes. Okay, admitting you're wrong, yeah. Anybody else? What, what, what do you think is one key to the ability to see, receive correction? Walt, what do you think? Ability to listen. Ability to listen. I love that. And, you know, we're all not really good listeners. That's not something we do easily. 
we kind of like to hear ourselves talk. And so developing the ability to listen to the Lord and the ability to listen to others. You know, let's say you're in the middle of what could be an argument. And you're not talking, but you're listening. I've learned you can listen in two different ways. You can listen for what you think they're saying that's wrong. And you can listen while planning your strategy of proving them wrong. Or you can listen with a good heart actually try to hear what they're saying so that so i'm going to add to the ability to listen the ability to listen and hear what someone is really saying rather than listening trying to prepare your defense (laughs) you know And, and so ability And it kind of goes along with ability to be wrong, ability to realize you're not always right, but the ability to listen and say, what's going on? Where are they coming from? You know, it's different from my opinion, so what is it about their opinion that, you know, where are they coming from? And, and, I, and I, you know, I've learned when you're dealing with people, a lot of times they look like they're mad about one thing, but if you listen carefully, you'll find out they're really something else is eating away at them. There's something up underneath there. And you've got to learn to listen to what's really going on because they could be upset about something totally different than what they say they're upset about. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with that ability to listen. Let's look at this verse here. It's in verse 27. It actually mentions this. If you stop listening to instruction, my child, you will turn your back on knowledge. Interesting. If If you stop listening, stop listening, you will turn your back on knowledge. And and so I think again, I believe one of the keys to being able to receive correction is is just I, I want to call it a constant learning. We are all on a journey of learning. None of us have all the wisdom, none of us have all the answers, none of us are always right. We are all learning, hopefully learning every day every week and receiving and 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 hopefully and you know again the more you know of God's word the more you're going to have God's wisdom and to diligently study his word and to love his word means you're constantly going to be learning and so you know don't plan on getting so much of the word that you're going to go on a vacation you know like it's over and you stop reading 
I just want to tell you, you know, I've been reading the Bible for over 50 years, and it's still exciting and fresh and new, and it's amazing how you can read it a hundred times and then read it another time, and all of a sudden something jumps out. My wife and I were discussing a verse in Malachi, and we've read that before, but just new revelation, new understanding, just powerful word. Um, and, and again, that's just the amazing thing about God's word. And so I think one of the keys to receiving correction is the ability to listen, the ability to l constantly be learning God's word, because to me, God's word teaches me his ways. And one of my prayers is I, what I pray is, Lord, help me to understand your ways. And it's not just the black and white on the page. The black and white on the page becomes God speaking to you. Now, all of a sudden, now it becomes rhema. Now it's the word of God God is speaking to you. Now, all of a sudden, it's come from here, and now it's application in our heart. And now God is wanting to speak to our hearts his spoken word from the written word, from the logos to the rhema. Okay. Um, number five. Interesting question. What part does the fear of the Lord play and our ability to receive correction. What part does the fear of the Lord play in our ability to receive correction? Anybody want to tackle that? What do you think, Bill? That's exactly right. Where we started out in Proverbs. Fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's actually the beginning of everything. Now. One more step. Why? Why is it the beginning of knowledge? Why is it the beginning of wisdom? And why does it help us? It does. It is the beginning. But what is it about the fear of the Lord that is so intricately tied together with receiving correction? Anybody want to try that? together. Yes, Donald? Okay. Yes, Ben? Not Ben. Uh, Ed. Vince. Hungry. Okay. Hungry and thirsting for righteousness. I like it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think there, there has to be, um, and, and I think your wife spoke a minute ago, and that is, if we have a respect for authority, then we will have a fear of the Lord. Kind of comes hand in hand. And so when we are able to receive correction, that is an immediate indicator that we have a respect for authority. First of all, you respect God's authority. And if you respect God's authority, that is, in essence, 
The fear of the Lord, and it's the beginning of everything. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's kind of like the, the starting of the building blocks is that understanding and, and, and all, everything starts right there. I have respect and honor for the authority of God in my life. He is over me. He is Lord. And then once you've achieved and understood that fear of the Lord and the respect for authority, then you really don't have a hard time with respect of authority in other realms. And don't we have an, an, an unbelievable attack against respect for authority of all kinds that's going on? I mean, it is unfathomable to me that there is such a lack of respect for law enforcement for military, for the love of our flag, for the love of our country. To me, that is unfathomable that we would even consider those things. And yet, it's becoming, I don't know, fashionable. It's becoming the cool thing for some people. You know you know this thing about this quarterback from San Francisco that he doesn't want to stand during the national anthem? And I think, it, I think it starts with the lack of respect for authority. God's authority in us, the authority in our country. Um, and and it's, it, it, it only leads us down a difficult path. I want us to just look at a couple of verses. Um, first of all, uh, look at verse 3. And I know we hit that, and I made fun of it, but verse 3 of Proverbs 19. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they're angry at the Lord. They blame it on God. And then verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And I know I'm reading the New, New King James here. And then I'm going to read it in the New Living. But New King James says, the fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. And the new living, very similar. If you stop listening to instruction, my child, you will turn your back on knowledge. Is that 23? Yeah. That's 27. I don't know why in my notes it says it's 23. Um, Yeah. The fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Uh, So, I I feel like I need to say something about this. When it says, evil will not visit us, or when it says, bringing security and protection from harm, that's not God saying that if you do the right thing, you will never have evil. Or nothing bad will ever happen to you. Do you do y'all understand that? That it is it's trying to let us see that God's ways are better than sin. It's trying to say if you follow the pathway of sin and rebellion against God and all the other things we've talked about, then what's going to happen? We're going to have a hard life. It's going to be filled with potholes. It's going to be filled with trouble. And we're going to be filled with evil. 
and is trying to say, but if you will walk in the ways of God, evil will not visit you. You will have protection and safety from the Lord. Now, that is not saying it's going to be perfect or you're not going to ever have any problems or you're not going to have any difficulties. It's not saying your house won't flood. It's not going to say you, you won't have financial difficulties. It's simply saying God's ways are better than the devil's ways. And, and put it in another perspective, if I walk down the pathway of the enemy, there's a hundred bad things that can happen. If I walk down God's ways, there are going to be about two or three bad things. Just to put it in perspective. Now, which way would you choose? <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm going to choose the one that's going to be a whole lot better. Whole lot less potholes, whole lot less troubles if you will walk in God's ways. Now, I have had people say this. Well, it says you, evil won't visit you. That means the devil can't get to you. Well, the reality is, is that if you walk in God's ways, you are going to be a whole lot better off. But it's not going to be a perfect life. That's just not reality. Difficult things are going to happen. But the good news is, even if things do happen, God is right there with you. He will get you through it. He will help you through it. And he will bless you. And you will come out better on the other side, stronger on the other side, because he says he works all things for good. And so God is working even when the enemy attacks. He watches over us. He protects us. And, and he is going to bring good out of every situation. And, and I guess I'm just trying to let you see the, the difference between the two. Um, what did you learn about learning to receive correction while you're growing up? Give me some words of wisdom that you learned either while you were growing up or since you have grown up. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're going to try something crazy, make sure it's your crazy idea. Not somebody else's crazy idea. Yeah. They told me it would be okay. Well, that was a stupid thing to do. Penny, words of wisdom? Right. And actually, that's the whole idea behind discipline, is that you're teaching the cause and effect. You do bad things, you make wrong mistakes, you make wrong choices, bad result. You give them a bad result. You do right things, you make good choices, good results. And soon, you learn, hey, I believe I'm going to make right choices. What else have you learned about wisdom? Wisdom. 
Yes, Penny. Say that one more time. You get scratches on your back. Stripes on your back. Yeah, that, that, it's a hard way. Mike, I saw your hand back up. What, what'd you, what, what you got for us, man? Yeah. And th- those words on our actions, they have enormous impact on our children. So be careful. Careful what you say. Careful what you do. Yes. Say that one more time real loud. Okay. Can handle that. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's some wisdom right there. If you're going to get corrected... Keep your mouth shut and don't mouth off because then it's not over because now you're going to get some more correction about your big mouth. In my home, we have a little box. And I've told you about my little box before. It's called my happy box. And we've been saving our happy box for 38 years. And in that happy box... All the nice letters and notes that we received over the years. And so we save a lot of those. File them up. I got a whole box full of them. We got two boxes now. Now, how many of you believe that I only get nice letters? <laughs> I do not have a bad box. (laughs) They go somewhere else. But I have learned something. Because you don't be in leadership without getting some criticism. Kind of comes with the territory. But I've learned this. I've learned that in all criticism, there's usually... A nugget of truth. And if you're not willing to listen. Go back to what Walt said. If you're not willing to listen. You miss the nugget. And someone might say. 98% baloney. But there might be. 2% of something that was there. That was really helpful and true but it was mixed in with 98% baloney and so we've had to learn to be wise to filter through that keep the good learn from the good throw the baloney out and The ability to receive correction, criticism, means, and, and, you know, a lot of times you have to just be able to discern the heart of the person speaking. If their heart and their intent is they love you, and they care about you, it's a whole lot easier to hear what they have to say. 
really is. But if you get the understanding, they really just want to hurt you. They just want to let you have it for whatever reason. They've got some axe to grind. Then it's not real easy to receive that. So from Proverbs 19, God is saying to us here tonight, we need to have wisdom to receive correction. But I want to say there's the other side of the story. We need to be able to give correction with a good heart too. We give correction to our children. We teach our children. We discipline our children. And even if you have a good friend and you're grown and you have a good friend and they're a good friend of yours, there are going to be times where our iron sharpens iron and we need to be able to speak into someone's life and say, brother, and, and, and here's just, a, a, again, a, a better way of saying it. If you're going to correct a brother, rather than saying, brother, you're wrong, you're going to hell. You know, that's probably not the best way to approach it. It's better just to say, have you considered looking at this a little differently? Consider looking at this differently and present the other side and then leaving it to them and then pray and asking God to show them and speak to their heart. How many of you would be willing to say, Lord, I want to have a good heart to receive correction? Be willing to do that with me? Let's do that. Let's pray. Come on, raise, stand up, Let's raise our hands before the Lord. Be honest with God. Just like it's just, it's just like you and God here today, nobody else. With our hands raised, we just want to just tell him that we want to have that kind of heart. Lord Jesus, pray with me. Lord Jesus, give me your heart, Lord. I want to receive correction with a good heart. I want to learn. I want to have the ability to listen. I'm not always right, but you are always right, Lord. Give me your heart. Give me your ways. Thank you, Father, for teaching me and correcting me and loving me like a father. I will learn. I will receive it. In Jesus' name, even when it hurts. <laughs> Amen. 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 I love you. Amen. Proverbs 20 next week. Praise God. We're moving through. Ten more chapters.